down Brook Street, Charles turned to mount the steps of the building in front of him. The handsome brick and stucco townhouse had belonged to the Marbury's for as long as he could recall, although it had been rented until Lady Marbury and her family's recent return to England after many years abroad. They were his family too, as he had to remind himself. He and Lady Marbury were cousins a few times removed on his father's side, and Lady Marbury's daughter, now the widow of an Italian aristocrat, had been married at a young age to one of Charles's maternal uncles. That union had only lasted a few years before his uncle died of a heart attack in the bed of a notorious courtesan. The young dowager duchess had then gone on to scandalous escapades of her own, so scandalous, in fact, that the Marbury's had taken their errant daughter and decamped to the continent, settling first in Naples, and then Sicily. They had remained there for well over twenty years, even after the death of Lord Marbury. Why they had returned now, and why Charles had been so peremptorily summoned by Lady Marbury, was a mystery that instilled a certain caution. But they were family, and Penleys always put family first. That lesson had been drummed into his head from an early age, and wasn't one he was likely to forget. A liveried footman ushered him in with a quiet greeting, taking his hat and gloves. A moment later, an extremely correct butler appeared from the back of the house to escort him to Lady Marbury. The surroundings exuded an atmosphere of quiet, familiar elegance. Charles had visited the house often as a child, and he could almost imagine nothing had changed since those long-ago days, before the family's ignominious fall from grace and social exile from England. The butler led him to the back of the house, to what he vaguely recalled was Lady Marbury's private sitting-room. That was interesting, since he'd been expecting to make a formal call. After all, the last time he'd seen her had been when he was a callow youth of eighteen, on the grand tour with his tutor. Much had changed since then, including the fact that Charles was now Duke of Leverton. After a quick tap on the door, the butler announced him. Charles entered the small room and came to a halt, feeling as if he'd stepped back in time. The furnishings hadn't altered a jot. Even the yellow swags draping the windows looked the same, albeit rather faded. He remembered the ornate French bracket clock on the mantel and the portrait of a previous Earl of Marbury, painted by Romney, hung over the fireplace. It made him feel like a child again, not a sensation he relished. A soft laugh jerked him out of his reverie. It's uncanny, isn't it? I almost felt like a young woman when I walked into this room. We have been away for much too long. Lady Marbury stood there, elegantly attired in a style more French than English. Her clear blue eyes regarded him with amusement and a welcoming smile lit up her handsome, barely-lined face. Only the white hair under a dainty lace cap gave testament to her age of more than seventy years. Her life had not always been easy, but she had certainly retained much of her beauty and quiet grace. Her smile slid into a grin. "'Charles, it's very good to see you again. I do hope, however, that my appearance has not struck you dumb.' Have I aged so much that you no longer recognize me? 
Please forgive me, he said, taking her hand. I truly was struck dumb by your youthful appearance. You've hardly aged a day. (laughs) What nonsense. She stretched up and pressed a fleeting kiss to his cheek. You too have changed a great deal. You've grown into a handsome man, which is hardly surprising since you are a good-looking and charming boy. He mentally blinked at her affectionate compliment. The Lady Marbury, he remembered, was not a woman prone to such high praise and flattery. And no one would have ever labelled him charming. Awkward and tongue-tied was more like it. True, he'd acquired social polish over the years, but since Lady Marbury wouldn't know that, her words made him even more suspicious. He knew her to be a brilliant woman, and the true force behind her husband's political career before their exile to Sicily. Lady Marbury had always been the canny one, a fact he must not...